This is episode 31 of the Rising Man podcast with Satyan Raja. Booyah! Welcome back, Risers, to another riveting episode of the Rising Man podcast. I'm your host, Jetty Azuma, and I am thrilled to be here with you all again today. Listen, before we jump into anything right now, I got to talk to you about the most exciting thing on my plate right now, and that is the Compass Leadership Training Program that I put together. This is a four-month immersive leadership training that I created to help you discover and ignite your purpose and power. I'm talking about going out into the wilderness, immersing ourselves in different types of environments, exposing ourselves to the elements, creating clarity around your vision for your life and your work and what you want to create, and collecting the tools to live powerfully into your purpose. This is your next big growth edge. If you guys have never done work like this before, trust me, it's a combination of the most powerful work I've done in my life so far, and I am excited to bring it to you. There are three spots available. You can apply by filling out the survey, the application that can be found inside the Rising Man Facebook group or in the show notes for this show at therisingmanpodcast.com. Listen, guys, my mission is to make sure that you guys are lit up in your purpose and that you know how to find and facilitate your power coming through for the benefit of all others. So if this is something that inspires you, ignites you, you hear this and you say, yes, sign me up. I'm ready. Head over to the Rising Man Facebook group or the show notes here at therisingmanpodcast.com and apply today. There's only three spots. This is an intimate group, so make sure you fill it out. ASAP. Okay. My guest for today is a man by the name of Satyan Raja. He's known as the private transformational mentor, advisor, and confidant to the powerful and the influential. He's a living synthesis of Eastern wisdom and Western practicality. Satyan combines the power of the warrior and the wisdom of the sage to inspire audiences and leaders worldwide to live their highest impact and personal fulfillment. Having invested 35 years of rigorous study and practice in both creating enlightened business growth and developing higher consciousness, he's the leading authority on expanding success while serving the greater good without sacrificing the joys of personal life. Satyan has impacted over 100,000 students from over 50 countries around the world through his global human potential company, Warrior Sage. Satyan leads private one-on-one retreats for CEOs, high-impact individuals, executive teams, and is a corporate cultural advisor and trainer for elite companies. He's also a loyal and loving husband and father. I'm telling you guys, this guy is powerful. Just in this episode alone, we talked about the warrior sage, finding balance between the masculine and feminine elements within each of us. We talked about the problem with traditional masculinity and the machismo, how to exist as a man in the modern world while creating the new world that we're stepping into. We talked about living in our highest purpose and potential, no exceptions, no excuses, just living why you are here and how to navigate your way in the world as a millennial man. For those of us teen, 20, 30-somethings out there, how to do it, how to live in a world the way it looks right now while we're getting ready for what's coming. I'll leave it there so that I don't spoil any more of this episode. Trust me, you guys are in for a treat. Without further ado, Satyan Raja. Okay. 
Satyan Raja joining us live from Vancouver, Canada today, man. How are you doing? I'm enjoying this beautiful day in paradise and wonderful to meet a brother like you who's on the path. So looking forward to jam with you. Right on. There must be something going on right now because I'm on a roll. I've got my last guest was from Canada. You're in Canada right now. So we're on some sort of streak right now. <laughs> you know, the thing about the beauty of Canada is, of, except for the genocide that we're doing to our First Nations people, unfortunately, the beauty of, of those who are in the heart of Canadian philosophy and, and way of life is we're, we're multicultural. We're all nations here. And our highest intent is to work together. Of course, there's riffraff and BS anywhere. But I really believe that we have a magical place here where all philosophies can have a place to bloom here that are grounded in unity of all of us. So I'm really blessed to be here. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. That actually brings up something that's very present and recent for me. I had the privilege of sitting with a Lakota chief from this past weekend even. And he was giving some teachings and some context from his people. And they were saying that their people... But they looked to the color of tears to determine how we could how we relate as humans. And they said they didn't know color of skin. They they said if the color of your tears are the same as mine, then you're my brother, you're my sister. So you said that right there, that really awakened something in me that, you know, we we do believe in that. And in, in America here in the United States, we're the same way. You know, we're we're a melting pot of so many different cultures and we still haven't figured out in however many hundred of years how to appreciate the diversity in each other you know well let's let's guys like you and me let's keep furthering that through our embrace and through our demonstration you know yes yes let's do that let's do that and, and let's let's dig in i like to do some contextual questions in the beginning that i ask all of my guests so the first one i ask is for you what is the difference between a boy and a man oh boy <laughs> oh boy <laughs> to me the essence is is self-reliance and self-responsibility and a boy is mostly thinking about himself, regardless of what age he is. A man is thinking about himself and society. And an enlightened man, or what I call a warrior sage, is a man who thinks about himself, his family, and society, and also is feeling the context of that for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Now, it's beyond a how-to. It's a way of living. It's a way of breathing. It's a way of knowing intrinsically that what I do, my earnings, my work, my play, my joys are not just for myself, that they actually have a ripple, that they have a transmission. So that's the big difference. A boy is thinking about himself and the world gets boy centric, whereas a man is thinking of the greater good ultimately and moving towards that, I feel. And the heart of that is self-reliance, the ability to rely on your own self, to rely on your own emotional strength, to rely on your own clarity, to rely on your own inner navigation, wisdom system, not just other people. So that's the main essence for me. It's the ability to find source and to know where your direction is and live it from the self rather than from other outside influences. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I agree with that entirely. And there's so many other men who have come on this show who, when they speak about a man, they say a lot of the same things. It's that ownership, that accountability to oneself, taking responsibility for not just our actions, but the state of the world. And I think that's something that you and I would both agree upon. You know, back to what we mentioned at the top, the atrocities that happen to First Nations people and, and all kinds of people. You know, we're talking about things that are going on with immigration and children being detained at the borders. I feel a sense of responsibility to that. And I know in the short time we've known each other, I'm sure you do as well, because that's how men view the world. 
And there's not there's there's like you said, there's also people that are actually boys that live in a man's body <laughs> or what we consider to be a man's body. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, I find that anyone who's willing to grow and to see the experiences of life as an opportunity to deepen and to grow, that's the path of manhood. But if we look at circumstances as against us or an obstacle against our growth and op- and we look at challenges, but not from an internal introspective space, but we look at it from a victim space or from a warrior, just warrior, without the sage, without the wisdom of conquering, of might, of I will earn, I will crush, I will hit that business deal. That looks more like a man, but again, it's more of an extreme version of the same old masculine unconscious masculine, let's say old school masculine of pushing and driving for greater success. There's value in that, but only to the point where it's not harming and destructive of of the world around us. So I feel that we can go for success, become men, as long as we continue to embrace rather than create more walls, you know? We're on the same page. We're definitely on the same page, more than you know. Uh, You know, we, we mentioned before we even started recording that we both like to do this without a lot of planning, you know, we like to show up and see what wisdom comes through. And one of the, the only question I wrote down that I actually wanted to ask you is, what do you think has been the impact of old school masculinity or machismo? And you just, you said it right there. You started talking about that old school masculinity. So let's, let's go down that path a little bit. Can you talk about, especially a lot of the guys who have been on this show are my age. I'm 30 years old. So around my age, some, a few of them a little bit older. I've had some men in their sixties here as well, but for those of us who are my age, my generation of men who are listening to this, still navigating that space of what it is to go from boy to man, we have so much of an impression of what masculinity is from media, from violence, from war, from you know the, the soldier mentality. And I'm just curious, a man of yourself who really blends the warrior and sage together, what do you think has been the impact of those influences we've seen as men growing up? I want to start the caveat to this is I'm still learning to be a man. You know, my dad, I'm, I'm 51. My father's 80 and he's looking at me like, ah, oh, son, you've got a lot of things still to learn about being a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's an old joke that when I was, you know, 17, how dumb my dad was. And by the time I was 20, how, I was amazed by how much he learned in such a short period of time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. You know, in in the simple model that I like to refer to, there's three stages of men, simplified, okay? Old school man is a lot of spine, less heart. Spine meaning a stake in the world. This is who I am. This is my territory, my yard. I'm the king of my castle. That's fine. That's That's all good, but there's less heart. Now, the dark side of that, it can degenerate into war, you know, fighting with others, territorial disputes. I mean, we still are coming out of the Stone Ages. We're just coming out over the last few hundred years as a, as a total humanity. So that's, those aspects are still within us, right? So the first stage, a lot of spine but less heart, meaning that type of guy is more connected to his sexuality but not as connected to his heart. He might be connected to purpose and mission and, and doing the right thing but coming from imprints of the past, of what it is to be a man. This is what a good man is. Fonzie was my uh, <laughs> guy named Fonzie, or it could be James Bond was the imprint of 
What a man. Now, today I don't consider, I saw some old early James Bond movies a few weeks ago, and I'm like, the way he's treating women is like really shitty, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Back then as a boy, that's a hero, you know? Like, so we're, so that's the old school man. The modern man, a lot of what I've seen, especially in growth circles, people interested in human potential and growing themselves, they have a lot of heart, but their spine, meaning that resolve, has atrophied from lack of use or from some unconscious decision or conscious decision that I don't want to be like the, the men of yesterday, my father, my uncles, the old men. So they learn to open their heart, become more conscientious, more sensitive, more balanced, more human, more loving, more embracing, which I think is a huge evolution and leap, and we need to celebrate that. But what happens is we, because of the old school masculinity, there's some decision in the new school masculine men to somehow reject that for good reason, war, misogyny, and all the other bullshit that goes along with that, all right? But in the losing or the non-cultivation of that strong masculine, for obvious reasons, there's an atrophy of our true power, a non-growing of our true power. So you get a lot of heart, but less spine. And I think the new man nowadays, what I consider the complete man, is heart and spine. You got to have that resolve to know what the what the fuck am I here to do? Not just to have sex and have food and make babies or make life or or have financial gain or or just this week, right? Work week to week. It's got to be more to it. So for me, the modern man, the enlightened man, the warrior sage is one who's going. What am I? What's my role in here? Where am I meant to shine the highest, the brightest? Where is my light meant to go? It's not meant to be on that socket. I mean to take out my light bulb and it needs to be over there. It, that's where I'm meant to be. So what's my deeper purpose, my value, my mission in life? And coming from the heart about it. So it's not just about self. It, it includes, like you were sharing, about, it includes your love of your family, your children, fatherhood, brotherhood, the man of nobility and character and conscientiousness and love, and at the same time can kick ass when needs to, can say, hey, this is what I stand for. Yeah. This is what I don't stand for. This is my values and my virtues. This is not. So it's, I think the complete man, the new man, must embrace the softness of his feminine, the embrace of his feminine heart, as well as embrace the purity of his masculine heart, and recognize that it's the whole spectrum masculine and feminine and not just being masculine and not just being feminine but artistically being able to flow to the circumstance so if i'm with my daughter i don't want to be in my macho man all masculine uh, sometimes i want to be soft and engaging when i'm doing therapy or when i'm working with uh, certain clients i want to drop more into my feminine aware sensitive conscientious side when i'm planning my goals and my mission i might want to go into my meta position my witness consciousness my overseer and direct and create the correct architecture which will move my life forward so it's the whole spectrum is where we're at right now and i see in your heart and, and 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 i feel this is what will make us become the whole man rather than a half a man or a third of a man you know yeah and you bring up some great points i know that a big conversation out there right now is what happened to our men you know, and the spirit of that context is when did men become so feminized? You know, and, and, and what, I think what happened, in my opinion, I'd like to hear your thoughts, is at some point 
whether it was the human potential movement or just men having space to start sharing their thoughts and their emotions a little more freely, it, the pendulum sw- swung too far the other direction. And all of a sudden, generations of men who never got to speak their truth, never got to share their emotions, show their true their heart, were going above and beyond to do so because of the the void and the wounding that that created. And so here we are in this conversation of like, how can we rebalance ourselves? How can we recalibrate ourselves? And I still see that it's a big challenge for guys, especially like the millennial generation with all of the distractions, all the confusion, all the information flying around. So let's let's talk specifically to that generation of men right now. What, what, what do you say to those guys who are just trying to sort all this crap out? Oh, you know, and I'm going to, as I'm sharing with you, I'm going to be sharing to my 30, 20 to 30 year old as well. Okay. My own son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I've come to recognize is that there's two parts of me that get, that grow. My feminine side grows by loving acknowledgement, praise, self-appreciation and, and self-love and love from others. And that's valuable. And I think in the old school, we weren't able to do that much. Men just had to, were stuck in roles of get the job done and come home, pay the bills. You're the provider, caregiver, those old roles, right? So the fact that we've moved into this other side is really beautiful. But what happens is, is that we're not the other side and we're not the prior side. We're actually the whole spectrum. So if you look at a piano keyboard, there's the deeper notes on one side and the lighter notes on the other side. So if you just play one third of your piano, on what you're going to get light notes or the other side. I feel that where we are, millennials, men of all ages, it would be good for us to cultivate the whole spectrum. So if we're very feminine, we're very much more open and emotional and so forth, then pragmatically what to do is pick up a challenge. The masculine within us grows by loving challenge, not crazy, bombastic, not not hazing, which is, you know, putting each other down, trying to break each other. That's not challenge. That's old school stupidity, if you ask me. Loving challenges is, hey, brother, Jetty, I know that you could, you you know, you're doing this great as a father, brother. Have you tried this even more? So it's challenging each other in an uplifting way, challenging myself in an uplifting way. So how do I do that? To keep my masculine sharp and solid, I take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I take up martial arts because I find uh, it's an honest training. There's no lying. There's no philo- I can philosophize all I want, but when I'm on the training mat, my philosophy doesn't mean much. It's, you know, what I believe is proven. If I actually believe it, it shows up on the, the mat. So I think any man can find what is their challenge but on the yin side and the yang side. So let me explain this. So my yang challenge is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that's a tough thing, right? I'm 51. I'm fighting most guys I'm training with. I mean, like, I'm older than their dad. <laughs> right? So that's that's a challenge. That's challenge. a challenge. I'm never going to have the stamina like I did like these guys. But it keeps me fresh and alive. I get a great workout, and I get the rubbing together with other brothers. And at the end of the day, my ego gets a kicking and my confidence, my natural confidence rises. Mm. That's the yang challenge. So I'm going to ask, what is your yang challenge? What's everyone listen? What's your yang challenge? It's going to have you put out more, have you sweat, have you go, holy shit, can I do that? But that's only one side of the challenge. Then there's the yin challenge, which is what's the soft thing that's hard to do, mm. right? So it could be being vulnerable and sharing um, your vulnerabilities with your lover, your partner, with a friend, 
saying, hey, you know, I'm not so built up and, and I'm not so successful. I'm not so all together as you think. Shit, man, I have fights with my gal. I don't know. Sometimes I have, I, I, I have challenges with money and, I, and I'm good at earning, but I don't know how to save. So it's what's the vulnerable side is the yin challenge, as in the yin and yang. So I believe that if we can take on consciously a yang challenge, one that makes us sweat and go, holy shit, that's a big thing to bite off. Okay, but I'm going to aim to go for it. And we find something that is nothing to bite off, but it's going to make us delicate, make us more vulnerable, more, more open, more spacious. When we can take on both those yin and yang challenge, then I feel that we'll grow in leaps and bounds. But if we only do one side, we're, we're, it's, it's only a portion. But if we can grow both together, then we become truly spiritual supermen. Yeah. For ourselves, not for anyone else, but for ourselves. Yes. I love how you break that down too, because it's, it's something that I think is really important. It's really important to have these different dimensions and facets of who we are, not just as men, but as human beings. If we strip all of the terminology away, the word man, the word woman is just a word. It's a vibration of air. You know, it doesn't, doesn't actually describe what's happening here. We're, we're all humans. We're the same species. And we have these different entities that live inside of us. And one of the things that frustrates me the most, and I know I've been, I've contributed to it myself, especially in the past five to 10 years of my life, is believing that to be feminine or to acknowledge that we have these, what we call feminine qualities as gay, as weak, as something that makes you less of a man. And I think, like you said, that's the leftovers of this old school masculinity, this machismo where hazing and challenge for the sake of just breaking someone, it, it all comes from that. And to me, I'm recognizing that's, that's not really what I believe men need right now. Where in the same conversation, we don't need men on the other side of the spectrum that don't have that spine. Because one of the greatest gifts that men have is resilience, it's energy, it's fire, it's the ability to raise our energy, but then also bring it back to center, to be present, and, and not to let that rampage and chaos spill over into our family that, we need, that we're here to protect. So I'm thinking of myself and what you said, going through my 20s, I, I would say up until through college, the most masculine thing I did was be an athlete. I've always been an athlete. I played every sport and that felt very masculine to me. But everything else came from a very feminine context. I saw my dad working all the time and I was largely raised by my mom. I was very connected to my emotions. I would cry a lot. I would you know, say how I felt and I didn't take responsibility for things. So this boy feminine thing was what shows up for me a lot. So through my 20s, I took on that path of how can I be the most manliest man I can be to balance myself out? And what, it's, what, what I've arrived to at this point with the podcast, with this whole journey is it's an integration of these different components of ourselves and to be more well-rounded and more three, four, five dimensional is what allows us to serve in the greatest capacity. And so yes, thank brother. you. Yes, brother. <laughs> so thank you for presenting that, for being a man who right off the bat, I respect just from seeing how balanced you are. But to see that a man who's just walking into his 50s has been through a life and recognized that that's what we're here to really do, is to hone these different dimensions of ourselves, not just zero in on one. And, you know, I think there's a, we go through a me phase, and then we go through a we phase, and then we go for the greater good phase. Now, that could, each phase, one maybe 60 years, and the other two years, and the other one six months, and then you're dead. Who knows? But if we can start seeing that there's me, we, and the greater good, 
and look at where is our place and our position and what contribution can we make to all three of those dimensions. When I say me, I mean me, my family, my small circle of intimates, right? Mm -hmm. And we is the society and the greater good. So I feel that if we continue to aspire towards these loftier thinkings, that we'll get there. But we got to do it like this. Here's the other thing I would tell my 20, 30-year-old self is two, two simple things that come to me in my consciousness. Number one is do this. It's not about linear, non-linear freaking leaps into some, if you're into spirituality, okay, I want to make a cosmic leap into enlightenment. If you're into money, I want to make some big freaking breakthrough so I'm making 100K per month or whatever it is, right? I would tell myself and everyone, young men listening, you'll get so much more by doing one step in front of the other. And my personal warrior philosophy is three moves. So all I do is, before when I was younger, I, was, I would try to map everything out, you know? I'd do this and I'd do that and map this and I'd do that. I had that type of mind. And then, shit, i get a week or two into my plan and, you know, the, the God joke, right? Tell God what you want of your plans, right? Everyone knows that joke. So what I realize now is, is this day and age with such energy movement, such energy change, the change of transformation, the change, the energy of evolution that's coursing through us personally and societally right now in big ways, although it may look like crazy on the outside, it's, I believe it's evolutionary life force. I believe it's individual and collective kundalini or evolutionary life force. And this evolutionary life force is calling upon us, demanding of us that we mature to our next stage of evolution as as whatever you want to call it, homo superior, you know, the enlightened, the light-bodied individual, the being that recognizes that we're mammalian and we're divine simultaneously, and that, that, what, that we're actually a holistic integration of mammalian, mammal, and, and the absolute at the same time. That one is not better than the, it's actually the absolute union. Mm. And so that one thing I really want to share, three steps. What do I need to do today to move forward with my intention, my goal, my heart's calling? Screw the fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth step. Screw the whole architecture. Boom. What are three things I'm going to do today or the next two days? And that philosophy, holy jumping. I have gotten so much more further in life in every way, my friend, simply because I took that on. As a young man, I wanted to make huge leaps. Now as a man in my 50s, I'm like, boom, boom. Boom. And I look back six months, a year later, and I go, holy shit, this is far more further on than if I aim to make magical breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. Are you familiar with uh, Alison Armstrong and her work? Uh, not so much, but I know I know of her. OK, so, yeah, and I've mentioned her here on the show before, but I'll mention this really quickly. You know, she she really breaks down the the development of men and women and the differences between the two and how to understand each other. One of the things she says in her breakdown is that um, men go through developmental phases just like women do and for men there's a phase where we go from knighthood which is all about fun and adventure having experience into princehood and prince has young middle and late prince and she said that when you make that leap from knighthood into young princehood is when you start to recognize your life is about more than just adventure and the most painful part about that stage of life is you recognize that you're not yet a king and I think that speaks to what you were saying because I know when I made that leap from okay I'm ready to get serious in my life now. I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I'm ready to hunker down. I recognize that, damn, I'm a far way away from where I want to be, 
from you know from what I respect about my father, my grandfather, the other men that I admire in the world, and it led to me trying to plan out my life 20, 30, 40 steps ahead. So I'm glad that you brought that wisdom forth here for myself and for all the young men who might be listening that really your, your plan is going to change. It, it, your commitment can be the same, but your, your plan changes sometimes daily in the beginning, you know? You're better off getting three solid steps forward than 20 well thought out. <laughs> That's right. Because then if you have to do some backtracking, then you don't have to backtrack as far, right? <laughs> Uh, it's funny, man. This is a great conversation. There's so many synchronicities between what you're just naturally bringing to the table and what I've been percolating. The last, so I do it. Also, do a Monday morning episode where it's just me reflecting on on things for about 15 minutes. This week's episode was Dawn of the New Man, and you almost said that word for word without knowing that that's what this what I've been about lately. So I recognize that with this podcast, we've gotten to a point we we know a lot about what the definition of a man has been. We've explored a lot of different dimensions of what masculinity is, but I recognize the question we get to listen into now is how can we as men existing in the world right now, regardless of whether you're in your 20s or in your 60s, how can we be in this modern world that we've created, this construct of economy and finance and, po- and politics while building the new world that's coming? Because it's clear that things are shifting. So that's a I put that out there and see where you want to take it. Well, that's a great question. I have a personal practice, a mantra. It's beyond a mantra, brother, and everyone can write this down. If you listen to this, write it down. I might recommend and put it up on your wall. And I I ask this question of myself, and it's this. What must I do today to live, love, and die completely without regret? So I'm going to say it again. What must I do today to live? So what must I do to live today? Today, I know, pragmatically, I'm going to answer that. You know, I've got an injury. I usually go jujitsu tonight, but I'm not going tonight. And I'm going to take my wife out on a, on a date. We have a special event that she wants to go to, and I'm going to take her. Usually, I like to stay coming to that. So what must I do to live in love? Okay, that answers that. Another thing is, is I've got a friend of mine, his birthday is today. I'm going to reach out. And then I really want my daughter to know I love her. You know, she lives on the other side of Canada, so I'm going to do. So that's what I must do today to live and love completely. Now, what must I do today to die completely without regret? Whoa, I'm going to feel into that. I I don't get an immediate arising. I get, ah, I get a sense that I just need to go into surrender meditation today, meaning go in my room, lock the door, and just be with the divine for a few minutes and just surrender. So that's what I got to do today. And And the answer is never the same when I ask myself this question daily. So I'm going to ask you, brother, yourself, and I'm going to ask all the brothers and sisters listening out there, what must you do today to love, to live, and to die completely without, without any type of regret? Mm. And so I'd love to ask you that. And then my challenge is just to do it because I feel that's what we can do today to further what needs to happen for the greater good. For some of us, there's going to be at-home personal stuff to deal with, like I shared. For some of us, it's to start something that they haven't or to move beyond a procrastination of some idea that they know they got to bring forth. Whatever, some people, they got to, they realize, oh shit, I got to drop a lot of this bullshit I've been hanging on to and not do this. And I need to stop, I need to stop my time wasting activities or, or meeting with people who are wasting my time and get on with whatever it is. Ask yourself those questions. What must I do to love, live and die completely without regret? And then, 
even more powerfully resolve to do that. And I believe when we do that, we are adding our signature frequency of our highest capacity onto the earth plane when we do that. When we avoid those questions, we suck energy from the earth plane. When we answer those questions and we live and we contribute, recognizing the answer to that question, what must I do to live, love, and die completely without regret, is actually a contribution to this planet and to evolution and to stand behind it, no matter how trivial or small it might seem. Oh, I'm not doing what the big man is doing. I'm not doing this, what that great speaker is doing. Who gives a shit what anyone's doing? It could be for you to pick up litter in front of your, uh, you know, your apartment building complex today in silence, not having anyone to know, but in your soul, you know. And that little contribution, someone walking by today, they might not see it consciously, but unconsciously, the place feels cleaner. They may start cleaning up a little bit more tomorrow. Who knows? But it's not the bigness or the smallness of those activities. It's doing them. So that's what I really wanted to share from my heart. Mm, and I absolutely resonate and align with that as well. And thinking about what you said, we either, we either contribute to this collective energy on this planet or we suck from it, we draw from it. I think that goes back to the original definition what you had of the difference between a boy and a man. You know, a boy is still interested, is, is very self-centered, and what, what can he draw from life for himself? And I think also what we might say some people would call the shadow side of man is a man who's looking to draw things for himself. And whether you call that the boy or you call that the shadow of the man, it's a great distinction because as a you know, the, the high, higher evolved or the higher conscious man is one who contributes and feeds back into that, not because he's going to get something out of it, but because that's what he feels compelled to do. And I know that myself and a lot of the men that I surround myself with can connect back to a point in our lives where we realize, oh, it's not just about me anymore. It's really not. And even if I make it about me, there's going to be nothing left when I go. You know, one of my mentors, he had a great saying. He says, look, try to be as selfish as much as you can. All these great philosophies that Jetty, Jetty, you and I are sharing about opening and expanding the greater good and all that. There's got to be some people here who are going, ah, I don't give a fuck. I just want to make some money. I want to get laid and all of that. Okay, great. Yeah. Do that as long as you can. Of course, without doing harm to other people. Do that as long as you can. And when you're not satisfied anymore... Then come back and watch this recording and listen to it with a humility and a deepness, and you'll probably find so much more here than the first time. <laughs> but <laughs> I can tell anyone, hey, don't be selfish, don't be this, don't be that, have higher ideals. But until you get there yourself, until you're really wanting to, until you're dissatisfied with what your ego's got you so far, only then are you going to be open to the spirit within you. And that's only going to come when your ego's fulfillment is not getting fulfilled fully enough mm. yeah wow that's that's really good it's really important to acknowledge that too you know not everybody's there and it's not that it's it's not that it's bad to be selfish or it's wrong to be self-interested it, to me that's just a phase of, on the journey from boy to becoming a man and it's me you know, we and the greater good not me or we or the greater good it's me we the greater good concentric circles of value we all, it's not either or. And I think if we can get that distinction that it's not either or, me or we are all. Because some people say, oh, do everything for the greater good. Great, but then what about me? Goes the little self. Yeah. What about my money? What about my happiness? What about my joy? What about my goals, my dreams? 
But if you just focus on me, my goals, my dreams, my visions, that also gets stagnant and boring. Because once you have it, it's fulfilled. So wisdom would have it so that you're growing the me, we, greater good simultaneously. A little bit on each. And that's how we'll grow fully as a, as, and, and mature fully, I believe. Mm. And I can speak from the shadow side of that experience of, of constantly giving of myself and never feeling like I, never taking, like you said, self-reliance, never taking responsibility for filling my own cups and then projecting my needs onto other people, looking for relationships and partners and my parents and my friends to fill that void of love and appreciation that I wasn't completing for myself. So. So what do you say to that man? Because I know I'm not the only guy who's done that. I'm not that unique. What about the man who gives and gives and gives and never takes care of himself? Oh, boy. You're only as strong as your strength. You're only as strong as your love and care for yourself. Mm -hmm. For years, brother, I used to serve the world a lot. Focus on the world. And then I would let my health deteriorate. I'd work crazy hours. I, I, I became a workaholic, not just for me, but because I had higher ideals which is, right, you know, like the martyrdom syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I learned the hard way. I started breaking down my body, my health, my relationships. I was serving the world, but my own backyard was suffering. My family didn't have enough time with me and all that. So I learned the hard way by almost losing everything I had. And it was a sobering experience. So rather than go through the sobering experience, my friends are listening out there, you can learn, wisdom would have it, that you don't need to go through the sobering tough shit of other people you can learn through proximity you can learn by hearing and recognize self-care taking care of your body taking care of your food taking care of who you hang out with what you put your attention on grows you know what movies you watch what friends what type of friends you hang out with are they uplifting are they sucking your energy are they are they awesome and are they challenging do you feel safe with them your relationships, your work, is taking a look at the relationships with all things and getting really honest. And I think when we get really honest, how does this feel inside? Okay, doesn't that feels contracted? Oh, that feels expansive. When we can start getting in touch with, is that contracting me? Or is that expanding me? And then start being loyal and cultivating the things that expand and letting go gently of the things that are contracting the relationships, the circumstances, the habits, the patterns. That's, that, that's a type of enlightened self-love, which is paradoxically good for everybody because it's good for yourself. Yeah, that was one of the hardest things for me to realize is I, I, couldn't, I couldn't justify taking care of myself at the expense of the energy I could be pouring into other people. And I don't remember who said it to me, but one day someone said, well, who's going to be able to take care of everybody if you're burnt out? <laughs> if, you've got, if you've got nothing left in the tank, if, you're, if you hate your life, then what are you going, how are you going to be of service to other people? And that's exactly it. You, know, you can't pour from an empty cup. We've heard that millions of times. You know, uh, as you share this, what comes up to me is, and especially for your age group, is the modern teaching out there right now, it's not even modern, but it's, it's a new form of masculine aggression, and that's crushing it, the term crushing it. Oh my gosh, yeah. Crushing it, the hustle, like it's all about the hustle, right? I mean, these, yeah. Go now, on. You will make money if you crush it and hustle, but you'll end up getting crushed and getting hustled yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
absolutely, yeah. man. Well, sp- Those were- speaking more into that, like that, where that philosophy is coming from, because I know there's a lot of guys, especially my age, you know, we want, we want so badly to become, quote unquote, successful. And success is money. And success is being an entrepreneur and having your own thing. And the hustle mentality is so easy to adopt because young people have a lot of energy and a lot of time. So I'm with you. So instead of hustle, be intentional, do your work, move forward. But here's the key. The hustling and the crushing energy comes with it an inherent self-importance. You're going to be self-important. Having this X amount, whatever the, if I'm making X amount of dollars, I'll be self-important. I'll be important. I'll be valuable, whatever it is. I'll be free. It's true. You are more free when you got more money. There's no doubt about it. But the bottom line is, is um, crushing it is going to crush you. I've seen this, right? I coach CEOs of world-class large companies and star performers, high performance around the world. And oh yeah, the thing is, is many of them come to me before they're about to die, burn out, lose their businesses, lose their wives, lose their children. Like they're, they're on the brink of many of them on the outside. You'd go, holy shit, what a successful person. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the part that you don't see on all the internet marketing campaigns. You don't see in the ads, all the people espousing, crushing it. If you just take a look at their face, many of them are gaunt. They got no color. They're just rah, 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 rah. But if you feel, are they deeply in being? Are they spacious in their, in their happiness? Are they emanating a a joy from the depth of their soul sometimes, but not always. What I have to say to that is, is there is a way to achieving goals and achieving these aims. And that is the taking more of a Taoist approach, go for your intentions, go for your positive goals and aims, but don't do it with the energy of crushing it is my recommendation. And don't do it with the energy of massive action equals massive results. You'll kill yourself. You mm-hmm. go forward, but with a lowered importance around your goal. Like the ancient wisdom masters always say, have a goal, aim, don't, don't be lustful of the fruits of your labor, is what Krishna said, and these great wisdom, enlightened beings have said. I'm, I'm re-saying that in a different way, saying lower the importance on all the goals, but continue to move towards them with the willingness to have them and the willingness to act. But be more spacious be joyful now the masculine illusion within all of us is that one day when x y and z is complete then i'll be free when i made x amount of dollars when i get a girl who looks like this when i get a guy who looks like this whatever the illusion is that when x is fulfilled when y is fulfilled then i'll be free and that's what i want to get across most of that philosophy of crushing it comes from that masculine illusion that one day i'll be free when no the bullshit is you're free now just if you can watch a podcast, you listen to a podcast, you're more free than most humans on the planet. Appreciate the freedom you have and build on it rather than whine about the appreciation you don't have, which then sucks your energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand where the hustle movement, the crushing it movement is coming from because there is a lot of inaction and people not stepping forward and taking, you know, audacious, bold steps towards their mission and their goal. And then, so I, I get it. It's good to awaken and raise that energy. But it, yeah, it, it seems like that's the theme of what we've talked about here is having that balance, having the awareness of ex- the extremes. And it seems like our culture, we live in one extreme or the other. Everyone's either saying crush it, crush it, crush it, or love yourself, take some time, go at your own pace. And 
you don't have to be one or the other. In fact, the way that everything else in the world moves is in a flow. And we move through rest and we move through action. And just like all other life on this planet, but I don't know, man, humans are funny. We can't figure this thing out. We've got it backwards. You know, every other mammal on the planet rests 90% of the time and works 10% of the time. And we do the opposite. And we're, we're getting worse. We're, we're resting less. We're taking care of ourselves less to put out more. And I don't know, man, we're just funny, funny creatures. Well, you know, you know, I'm, like I shared with you, I've got the pleasure and honor of working with some world-class movers and shakers. And, and this inherent imprint of crushing it is there in many of us, it's, you know, success-oriented. And once I dial them in on this philosophy of, of concerted action with lowered importance, concerted action with lowered importance, that's to me the warrior sage philosophy. The warrior is the concerted effort, but if you're only warrior, you're not a complete man. If you're only sage, let's just be in the now, enjoy this very present moment. Everything is fulfilled. There's nothing to gain. There's not even a self. We're in non-dual bliss. That's also all great and beautiful. To me, wisdom is the unity of that center point. And that's why I call it warrior sage, because to me, the sage is the place of ever awakening wisdom within us. It's our own wisdom. So there is a center point. And that's what we both are talking about here and pointing to and, and helping illuminate that we need to find. How do we know which one should we be? Well, if we've been chilling and in B mode and spaciousness mode and life's not working, then we need more action, concerted warriorship. If we're in warriorship and we're getting diminishing returns, we're getting high blood pressure, tension, constant fights, eruptions, then we need to embrace the surrender, the spaciousness. So it's not which one is right for our times, it's which one's right for today. Should I be more spacious, more open, more accepting, more in the now? Go for it. So with you, I've got a full day today. Yesterday, my day was very yin and feminine and spacious. Today, I'm bang, bang, bang for the next two days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm spacious. So it's, it's concerted action with deep spaciousness. But you just got to be wise and know which one, what trigger to pull, you know? Yeah, I do, man. And I think that's also part of the journey of a man is cultivating that self-awareness and the discipline to make choices that go against the conditioning and the habituation we accumulate over time. And I know for me, one of those tools that's helped me out of believing my own bullshit has been having a team of men that I sit with and, and mentors and men that I trust that will tell me how it is. Tell me what's going on. Cause 99% of the world doesn't tell us what's what they see. They tell us what we, they think we want to hear so we can be in good relationship. Um, so I, I want to just hear a little bit of your thoughts on that. You know, what type of support do you have outside of your family to, to keep doing what you do? You know, you nailed it on the head and I'm really glad you said it. All right, brother. The fact that you've got men around you, this I've had since a, a young man, I've been very blessed to have mentors and other good people in my circle that I make sure I go and I seek counsel and reflection and get mirroring from, okay? I read long time ago in the I Ching, Book of Changes from China, ancient book of philosophy, uh, the I Ching or I Ching, and it says the superior man, the superior leader, is one who surrounds himself with people who are not just within his own kingdom, and mm. he seeks because and he seeks wisdom and reflection from others around just his own 
brilliance. <laughs> so we all like to think, I like to think that I'm, uh, I, I, I know shit and I'm a, I'm a dialed in guy, but it's just when I, but at the same time I got to absorb. So I have mentors personally, a handful of amazing mentors I've had for many years, men and women. I have a circle of brothers that I get together with. I've got my jujitsu brothers and I've got another set of spiritual brothers that I share what's going well in my life, uh, what's not, what I have difficulties with, what I'm doing great in. They do the same. And then we share each other. We give each other advice, coaching, sometimes just a hug, sometimes a kick in the ass, whatever it takes. And I'm, and I really recommend all men have a brotherhood of men that they can really jam with, get vulnerable with, get strong with. And I know that, so find men's groups in your area if you're not already in one. Jetty, I'm sure you must know and you might hold them. Please let your men know. But this is very valuable. I endorse Mankind Project. I endorse New Warrior Training. I endorse many men's works out there that are excellent for men. My brother Adam Gilad has got his bowl life movement. I've got Jason Gaddis, I've got this Ryan Mishler, some amazing, great men out there uh, who are doing men's work that are supporting men growing together. And there's my own warrior sage work that we're doing. We're bringing, we're awakening communities. I think now, brother, community is the next guru, is the guru. It can't be just self. Community has to be the next guru. And maybe that goes back to the question I asked just a little while ago is how do men exist in this modern world we've created while creating the new one? To me, it's always been about rediscovering and reigniting the brotherhood. You know, men have been sitting together around fires for longer than we can even imagine. And we lost it. At some point, we lost it. At some point, it became more valuable to be a man who can do it all himself, who can go out into the world and lone wolf it, you know, lone ranger style. And I agree with you, man. I mean, I, I say it to people all the time that the most important thing that ever happened to me in my life was finding a men's team. And I've been sitting with those same men for almost six years now. And it got me through getting engaged, getting married, having my first child, you know, a whole bunch of different things. So I always say a good, a good measure of a man to, to call your brother is someone who can give you a kick in the ass and a hug in the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> So, so if you've got somebody like that in your life, then keep them close and, and keep looking for more. This has been a great conversation, man. I would love to talk to you for another few hours. I know you got a full day, so maybe we'll just do it again sometime further down the road. My pleasure. My pleasure. But let me ask you, I, I always finish up by asking a couple of finishing questions here. So lightning round style, if you remember, was it Jeopardy? They do the lightning round. So what's one thing that you've learned in your life you wish you knew when you were 18? How to speak to women, how to appreciate, better still, how to appreciate the women, the, my mother, my aunts, ladies, girls, children, how to appreciate them. It took me later to learn that, but I, that's one thing I would have learned, would have liked to learn mm, earlier. That's a, that's a big one. We get, we get to teach uh, the young men coming up how to appreciate women more, for sure. What do you think is the most important value to have as a man? Truth. Mm. Truth. Be truthful with yourself and be truthful with other people. Nice. It's the ultimate, to me, solace. It's the ultimate guru. It's the ultimate savior. It's the ultimate life raft. <laughs> right on. Very simple, right? Just truth. And last but not least, you already mentioned the Warrior Sage trainings that you do. Just tell us a little bit more. How can we follow you? Where do you want people to go to follow your journey and support you and get to work with you? Well, we're releasing three trainings in the new year. 
and through Warrior Sage, my organization. One is called Abundance Activation, a one-day training. There'll be a relationship activation, one-day training, as well as a power, self-empowerment training. They're coming to 10 cities across North America and more. And this is all for free. What we're doing is we have a humanitarian arm of our organization, Warrior Sage, and we've decided that all this work of self-realization needs to come out to many more people. So if you go to warriorsage.com, there's a little intro video there announcing what we're up to. And then you can get involved. You can put your name on there. And whenever these events are happening in your cities, you'll be first to be notified. And by all means, we'd love to see you come to these uh, activations and, and start on your path of the Warrior Sage. Wow, that's incredible. I didn't I didn't come across that when I was looking through some of your stuff. And that's what a, what a wonderful offering because I know there's a lot of men that contact me and contact other guys that are like, I, I, I need something, but I don't have any resources. So thank you for putting that out there for, for those folks who really need it. You're most welcome, brother. You know, I, I've been in the human potential world for 30 years now and I've done well, you know, in the seminar world. And I realize now that I want to bring out this self-empowerment, this form of deep awakening, this path of the warrior sage to many people because there's people out there who are yearning for leadership and they're learning for a clear, clean community where they can grow together with and still hold their power and not have to worship gurus and worship other people and find their own inner power. So if any of that jazzes you or calls you, go to warriorsage.com and get involved. Yes, everyone go check that out and see if uh, Satyan and Warrior Sage is coming to a city near you. Let me just say, it's, it's great to have sat with you for this time. I really appreciate you taking this time and for being a man who clearly is embodying his message. Now, you know, most people won't get to see your face when they hear this, but I can tell you right now, Satyan has been sitting here in everything that he has spoken about, that balance that you have, I, I could see it emanating from you. So thank you, brother, for being a great example for us men out there. Uh, you know what? Although this is our first meeting, I want you to know that I really enjoy you. I feel your heart, your presence, your care for humanity. And I'm looking for a life, looking forward to a lifelong friendship with you as well, okay? Likewise. Likewise, man. Many more to come. Many more exchanges to come <laughs> and everyone listening out there listen to this again if there's some good points write them down and act on them that's my my joy and my challenge for all of you okay yes brother yeah make sure you guys do that there's always there's always nuggets in there that you miss along the way <laughs> all right man until next time take care maybe you guys could tell by listening to me and satyan going back and forth but this was completely unscripted, completely off the cuff, just pure channeled connection. Satyan is a guy, like I said at the end of the episode, who really is living his message. And if there's one thing that myself or any of us can take away from this episode is recognize what your values are, what your life is about, and what you're here to do, and just live and be that in every breath you take, in every thought you have, in every action that you take in your life, be that person as consistently as you possibly can with the purest of intention and you can't go wrong. Everything that you want to come to you, whether it's financial abundance or fulfilling love and satisfying relationships and a beautiful family, all of those things come to you by being the man that you say you want to be. It's simple. Just be that man. Discover who that man is and be him like a million thousand hundred percent okay so i'm calling y'all forward if that's 
something that speaks to you and something that you find yourself not doing already, then figure out how to do it. A great way to do that is to apply for Compass, the four-month immersive leadership training that I have created for you to discover and ignite your purpose and power is here. We're going to be going out into the wilderness. We're going to be fasting and spending four nights in the mountains by ourselves. We're going to be exposing ourselves to the elements, going through some of the same tools and technology that I have to develop my leadership presence and become the man that I have chosen to be in this world. It's all here for you. The opportunity is now I'm accepting only three men. This is the first time that I'm launching this and I'm only accepting three guys. So the link to the application is inside the show notes for this episode at therisingmanpodcast.com or you can find it on the Rising Man Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash groups slash the rising man. If you're not in the Rising Man Facebook group already, then please head over there and make sure you ask for an invitation into the community right now. And if you are, invite three brothers this week, okay? We just made it over 700 and we're growing fast. So let's get more men on the bandwagon. As always, check out the show notes for links and resources for this episode and others at therisingmanpodcast.com. Please subscribe or follow our podcast on the app of your choice. Leave a review or comment with your biggest takeaways, insights, and reflections from each episode, either on the app that you use, listen to, or at therisingmanpodcast.com. There's a comment section at the bottom of each episode. You can throw your comments up there. Love seeing the feedback every single time you guys do that. Please keep it coming. Check us out on Instagram at the Rising Man Pod or at Jetty Azuma. That's my personal Instagram. Big love and shouts to Sean Offenbach over at Infinite Melodics. That's at Infinite M E L O D I X on Instagram. You guys know I always give Sean a very special shout out, but right now my man is really, really doing it big. And without giving away too much of what's going on in his life, he's really stepping forward into owning his gift and he's embodying what the Rising Man is all about. So, A lot of props to you, Sean. I see you, brother. Keep doing your thing, man. For the rest of us, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.